Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I'm here to bring you the preview show ahead of Bayern Munich's Bundesliga opener against Werder Bremen. It's a Friday game if you're in the United States on the East Coast. It's an afternoon tilt. Of course, if you are over in Europe, it will be at night. Obviously, there's a lot to talk about ahead of this one. Uh, of course, Thomas Tuchel has some big decisions to make. We will touch on all of that. Unlike some of the other preview shows that you heard last season, since this is the opening one, we won't recap how things are going because it was the preseason and the preseason, as always, is unpredictable. So let's get right to talking about Bayern Munich, where they stand heading into this, and then a little bit about their opponent, Werder Bremen. Uh, following the preseason, Bayern Munich seems to be in a little bit of trouble the DFL Super Cup was a disaster. They dropped the 3-0 decision to Arbe Leipzig. Bayern did not look good. Thomas Tuchel looked like he had looked like he had no answers. Uh it did it did not really do anything to spur confidence among the fan base. A lot of people were unhappy with the result of that match. But it is time to start over, start the Bundesliga season. So there's a new hope. If uh <laughs> if anybody wants to believe that, uh you can go in with confidence to this game. Werder Bremen is a club that's in a little bit of transition. I think they're in transition just about every season. The roster is a little bit unsettled. They've got some untimely injuries at this point. So if you're looking at it from a better's perspective, Bayern Munich would be the safe bet in this one. But of course, as things have looked for the Bavarians, you really can't count on them for anything at this point. So let's take a quick look at what's going on with Werder Bremen who to look out for on that squad and maybe some familiar faces. Of course, when you think about Werder Bremen these days, your thoughts immediately go towards striker Nicholas Fulkrug, who was linked to Bayern Munich over the last few months. Of course, that all ended when Bayern was able to secure Harry Kane. But Nicholas Fulkrug is a, a very productive Bundesliga player. A little bit shocked that he did not get more interest from outside leagues. But of course, he is a guy with a long injury history in his early 30s who is not exceptional at really anything. And that's not a knock because he's pretty good at everything, but he doesn't have that one defining trait. If I had to pick one great thing about him as a striker is that he does have a nose for the goal and he is good and efficient around the net, but he's not exceptionally fast. And, and while he is a strong guy, he, it's not as if he's out jumping everyone for headers or able to, really fend off two to three defenders with his body. He's just a very good player without that one defining trait. And again, it's not a knock on him. He's, I would have taken full crew on Bayern, Bayern Munich. I know that's a controversial take for some, but uh, I think if, you know, things fell through with Harry Kane, full Krug would have been a decent solution. Uh, of course, he ended up getting a contract. Uh, he will be playing with Werder Bremen through 2025 anyway. So, uh, either way, Fulkrug figures to be uh, the focal point of the attack for Werder Bremen. But when you scan the roster, there is a good amount of talent. Uh, Leonardo Bittencourt is a player who I think, you know, I don't want to say he's underrated because I think he's probably properly rated. But he's a, a player that can do some things. Uh, Nabi Keita is currently injured, but he would have been a really uh fun player to watch in a match like this and right now it looks like due to a tear and his abductor muscle they don't really know when he's coming back 
at this stage. So I think it's safe to assume he won't be available for this one against Bayern Munich, barring something crazy. But Cato would have been someone that could have done some things and maybe made this a little bit uncomfortable for Bayern Munich. Of course, when he was with RB Leipzig, he had a little bit of a history in doing just that. So uh, that is a big loss for them. But scanning further down, you look at players like Mitchell Weiser, Milos Velkovic, Nicholas Stark, Amos Pieper, who was one of those players who, as a center back, was someone who I think started to get some run in terms of interest from Bayern Munich, but it quickly dissipated. Of course, he won't be playing anyway because he's on a red card suspension. You've got Marco Friedel, the ex-captain. Well, I shouldn't say ex, ex-Bayern Munich player who is the captain at Werder Bremen. Friedel, who was mostly known as a left back when he was with Bayern Munich, has shifted and transitioned to play centrally for Werder Bremen and has done a really good job and established himself at Werder Bremen. Uh, I know this pains Marco Polo, the famous BFW commenter, to hear me say anything good about anyone from Werder Bremen, but uh, Friedel is definitely a player. If you're going to root for anyone from Werder Bremen, he's a, he is a good success story, I would say. At 25, he is a kid who battled through uh, some some of the, the campus issues at Bayern Munich when they were just too stacked to really have any youth players break through. Friedel made that jump to Werder Bremen and has really established himself. And I think, you know, if you are, you know, someone who has followed his career, either, you know, with Austria or being Austrian, um, you know, there are a lot of people who at BFW who follow Austrians, Savitzer, Limer have pretty big fan bases really at BFW, all things considered. So if you're someone who has an interest in the Austrians, like our guy, RLD, uh, Friedel is a, is definitely a player you could throw some support behind because he has made something of, of himself after leaving the Bayern Munich campus. In net, I would expect to see Yuri Pavlenka. He is uh, pretty much the best option for Werder Bremen and is capable of stealing a game here or there. But when you look at this roster, it's just not one that's going to strike any fear into you. Uh, you know, there are other players you could look at and say like, oh, that's, you know, he's a decent player. They're a decent player. It doesn't really matter. Uh, there is some good talent on the Werder Bremen side, but it is not enough in my mind to be able to prevent present much of a challenge to Bayern Munich. Uh, I was a little disappointed um, with Werder Bremen and how they performed last season. I thought they had the capability to do a little bit better in the league, but of course they did not. They really did scuffle uh, last season, and it was not really the type of effort that if you're a Werder Bremen fan, you feel too confident about heading into this season. Uh, Werder Bremen, of course, is not expected to be uh, one of the teams that will be competing with Bayern Munich for the top place in the Bundesliga table. But uh, that said, they are absolutely, you know, a professional team. They are someone or some club that can present a challenge. Uh, you know, last year it was the 13th place finish. They really went out with a whimper too. They they slumped badly at the end of the season. Uh, of course, when you finish with 10 wins, six draws and 18 losses, you have a, a and a goal differential that was minus 13 
you know there were some issues. So Werder Bremen, of course, will be looking to improve upon that. It just won't happen this week against Bayern Munich. But Bayern Munich, despite being the favorite in this one, does have some problems of its own. And let's take a look at how the club might line up under Thomas Tuchel for this match. And if you're like me, this seems a little more cut and dry than normal. Under Julian Nagelsmann, it was a very difficult game to game to really figure out what Nagelsmann was thinking, to read his mind, and to, to really anticipate where he was going to play people or what formation he was going to use. It was all very, very puzzling. So with Thomas Tuchel right now, things seem pretty static. It looks like he's going to play a 4-2-3-1. And with that, the the injured players that Bayern Munich has have made things a little bit easy to predict, at least to me right now. In net, I think we'll see Sven Ulreich with Manuel Neuer out and Bayern Munich most likely not pursuing a number one type goalkeeper. Ulreich is going to get his chance to show that he can do the job. Of course, when, when Neuer is healthy and proves that he is back up to par and can do all of the things he used to do, of course, that's very questionable. Ulreich would then cede the position back to Neuer, which I think everyone would expect. But until Bayern changes course and maybe invest money into what they're calling more of a prospect type uh, goalkeeper, someone who could back up Ulreich, uh, until they do that, it's going to be the Sven Ulreich show and he'll get his opportunity. And I think he deserves it. I know there is a lot of fretting about it. And listen, no one is Manuel Neuer. No one can replace him. Uh, a couple of people at BFW, including our guy, Philip Quinn, is really adamant that Bayern needs a goalkeeper. And I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, it is a risk. It is a big risk to go with Sven Ulreich if they're not completely confident that Sven can do the job. Uh, going out and spending some money on a good goalkeeper makes sense. The problem is this whole uncertainty with Neuer because no one really knows what's going on with him. They know he broke his leg. They know there was a setback in his recovery, but no one knows when he can come back and when he does come back, what he'll look like. So I almost understand that Byron wants to buy some time here, ride all right out, give Neuer the first half of the season here to figure out where he stands, see if he can come back within the first half of the season and if not, then decide to go really hard after another goalkeeper who could lead the team in the second half if Ulreich proves he isn't up to the job. Either way, there's a lot of movement that could happen with that situation. But for now, Ulreich is the man and he will get the call. At center back, things get a little bit complicated. Uh, we'll take Benjamin Pavar right out of the mix for both center back and right back because it seems like he wants to leave. And I think at this point, you can't play him anymore. Uh, he did not look great in the DFL Super Cup. You could argue that he's distracted, maybe disappointed, maybe just doesn't care anymore either. Either way, whatever the case is, you can't count on him right now. And I think you have to put him on the bench until his situation is sorted. And if he does end up staying in the slim chances that he remains with Bayern Munich for this season, then I think you play him and you use him for what he can give you. And I think he can be a capable starter at both center back and right back if needed. But right now you can't depend on him. You don't know where his mind is and you have to keep him out of the lineup. So knowing that you're down the three selections at center back, Matthijs Delict, Taya Upamakano, and Kim Min Jay. I'm going to go with Upamakano and Delict on this one. Kim Min Jay has been battling some conditioning issues, which why this always happens with players from Serie A, I don't know. I have no idea what is going on in Italy and why none of the clubs can get their players 
up to their best fitness. It seems crazy. I don't know what the deal is, but Kim Min Jay will not start this one, at least in my opinion. I do, however, think that Kim Min Jay is going to take over and usurp that starting role from Dio Upamakano at some point. I don't know why, and I've said this before, I don't get the impression that Tuchel's a massive fan of Upamakano. I don't have a beef with Upamakano. I think, yeah, of course, we all know he had some terrible moments last year. Overall, though, I thought he was pretty good. Uh, Matt, Matthijs De Ligt is a player who he's got all of the qualities that Byron wants. I think when he is back at 100%, which I don't believe he is right now either, I think that he'll really be able to shine this season. But for right now, those two are the best options that Thomas Tuchel has at center back. And then when Kim and Jay gets healthy, we'll see how Tuchel starts to manage that. I would be perfectly okay with a three-man rotation where they all get the ample amount of rest and they're all healthy heading into the really big key stages of the Champions League when it comes time next spring. But we'll see how Tuchel handles it until we get there. At the outside back positions, knowing that Pavar in my mind, is out of the mix, I think you have to go with Nusar Mizrahi and Alfonso Davies. Uh, listen, they are two players that are offensively minded. They can do the job defensively when they're focused. I think they both have great talent. They both have awesome ability. They both have the capability, though, of having an off game that clearly affects the overall team effort. So uh, Davies, I have cracked down a little on a little bit because he does lose the ball too much. Uh, I had some crazy stats last week about lost possession. I understand with his role, losing possession is part of the game. The problem is when he loses possession, he does not always track back, which does create these odd man counter opportunities. And when that happens, it really puts the center backs in a tough spot, particularly because there isn't a, a holding number six that's just sitting back. So Davies has the potential to expose that back line. If he's not careful with the ball, I'd like to see him improve with that. But overall, I was pretty happy with how he played in the DFL Super Cup. As for Mizrahi, uh, he's been a player who it's been tough to get a gauge on. Nagelsmann didn't want to use him too much when Pavar was healthy. Tuchel seemed to prefer Pavar too. There's got to be a reason for that. And maybe his fans uh, were just not seeing exactly everything that's going on with Mizrahi. Uh, But listen, when he plays, there's a lot of positive things that he does. So I'm eager to see how the attack looks being so offensively focused with those two positions. I do have a feeling that over the course of the season, without having a player who is willing to sit back a little bit like Pavar and might not advance as much, I do worry that we're going to see the center backs put in too many bad positions with odd man rushes and counterattacks that could really be detrimental to Bayern Munich, especially against some of the more attack-heavy teams in the Bundesliga. As for the midfield, Leon Gratzka, you are on the bench. And that's not my call, but that certainly will be Thomas Tuchel's. Tuchel, for whatever reason, has decided that the Leon Gretzka era is over. Listen, I know there's a lot of hate out there for Gretzka. I still don't see it. I know he's not perfect, but tell me any of these midfielders who were perfect. Conrad Limer has been completely average at best since coming over. And that's not a knock. I really like him. He hasn't been great, though. Joshua Kimmich, mm, he's been okay. Kimmich, of course, is the subject of many stories these days because he thinks he's a six. Tuchel does not consider him a six, and therein lies the rub why there is heat between those two guys, allegedly. 
So knowing that Goretzka is out of the mix and assuming that Ryan Gravenberg is also not going to get the nod, you have to go with Joshua Kimmich and Conrad Limer here. Gravenberg has been once again linked to Liverpool and Manchester United. I kind of get the 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 hunch that he's going to get sold before the end of this window. Uh, he's been very silent. And if we know anything about Gravenberg, he will use the media to get his message out there. The fact that he's been so quiet and he's kept his head down, it tells me he's either matured and listened to some of the people around him about not using the media the way he previously did, or he is just quiet and biding his time until a transfer goes through. Either way, we'll see it. I think Kimmich and Limer get the call in the central midfield as a double pivot. The attacking midfield position, sorry to the hashtag Muller Mafia, your guy is not going to get the call this week. In fact, I think he's going to have a pretty consistent seat on the bench. And I want to preface this by saying it's not personally what I would do. I would probably look to get Musiala outside attacking from the wing position, but Tuchel has not shown any willingness to do that. He has talked about doing it, but has not shown it. And I don't know how much Musiala wants to play out at the wing. And I think that's something to consider as well. We have not heard Musiala talk much about what position he wants to play or where he favors or whatever. It's just right now, Tugel seems to believe that the club operates best with Musiala as the 10, and maybe it does. I kind of think though, with some of the moves that were made recently, that Muller would be a much more effective player, a much more consistent player. I know he's still battling back from some injuries, but I'm not thinking he's going to get the call. I think he at best will be a sub if he is ready to play, I still think he's going to be a sub and Musial will get the nod there. As for the wings, this is maybe the most controversial position on the team at this point. Uh, you have Serge Gnabry, you have Leroy Sané, and you have Kingsley Coman. Tuchel, for whatever reason, seems to prefer using Leroy Sané and Serge Gnabry. Seems as if Coman is, I don't want to say out of favor, because I don't think Tuchel dislikes Coman like he does with Goretzka, or I don't think he favors uh, the other two as much as I do he as he does with Musiala over Muller. I just don't think Coman is quite the wing that Tuchel likes. I think there are things about Coman's game that probably push Tuchel to, to select players like Sané and Gnabry. I think Sané and Gnabry are better goal scorers for sure. Coman is more, in my mind, more of a disruptor and a creator He's a player I would take on my team anytime, but he seems to be the odd man out. So we will go with Sané and Gnabry for their goal-scoring potential. But in the end, can those players, along with Musiala, work together to set up the new striker, Harry Kane, who should not be challenged for a spot in the lineup this week or any week for that matter? Uh, Kane is going to be eager to show himself, didn't get a chance to really do much. Uh, I don't know how effective he's going to be early in his Bayern tenure because he has to get used to playing with some of these players. And let's let's be honest, Musiala, Gnabry, Sané, they don't really operate conventionally all the time. And it does take some time to get used to playing with them. So while even Robert Lewandowski, who was with all of those players for a good portion of time, he, he was even annoyed by that. So... You know, listen, Lewandowski gets annoyed by everyone eventually, but it will take Kane a little bit to get used to those guys, to figure out the spacing, when to make the runs, how to time them. Of course, we're hoping that Kane does not blame his teammates like Sadio Mane's 
mouthpiece did when he got off to a little bit of a rough go there. But Kane, I think, will adjust pretty quickly. I think that his nose for the goal and ability to score will really propel him to have a uh, quicker impact than I think most are anticipating. I think that Kane heading into this season can get somewhere around 30 goals, maybe more, but it's all going to depend on how quickly he can adapt to his new teammates. It could go either way at this point. Uh, I do think that by the midpoint of the season, he will be raring to go and probably look great. It's just really a crapshoot right now, how quickly that takes uh, for him to get to that point. So uh, Harry Kane, I think obviously gets the nod and that will completely, Complete the starting lineup of Ulrich, Delict, Upamakano, Davies, Mizrawi, Kimmich, Limer, Musiala, Sane, Gnabry, Kane, of course. So there you go. As for a prediction on this match, I am going to go and and I blew last week. I picked three nil in favor of Bayern Munich. Probably should have just went with three nil in favor of RB Leipzig. I would have been much better off. But for this week, I will go with Bayern and a three nil victory once again. I don't know that they can blow Werder Bremen out at this stage. I think there's a lot going on with Bayern Munich that's distracting the team. I just think they're that much better at this point. I know I severely underestimated RB Leipzig last week. And I didn't just pick Bayern to win that convincingly last week because I thought Bayern was just all powerful and Leipzig was weak. No, I mean, Leipzig has had a significant amount of turnover. You lose players like Arvidal, Sabasloy, and Konku, among others. There were several others, Halstenberg, players that have been there for a while, players that were huge, impactful, you know, presences for them last year. To be able to come out and beat Bayern Munich 3-0, and I know it was a little bit fluky, but to be able to do that was impressive, especially without all of the talent that they lost. So I don't think Werder Bremen's quite that good. I don't think they're up to the RB Leipzig level. So Bayern Munich will come out with a 3-0 victory in their opener. If Werder Bremen scores early, however, things could get very complicated for Bayern Munich because if I'm Werder Bremen and I score early, I am going to hunker in and I'm going to wait and I'm going to wait and then I'm going to unleash a counterattack when Bayern gets overly aggressive with those outside backs. Mizrahi and Davies pushing too far up into the play, then I'm going to look to capitalize. But until that happens, we won't worry about it. We'll say that Bayern Munich is going to win 3-0. Make sure that you keep an eye out for the weekend warm-up podcast, which will drop on Thursday. If you did not get a chance to hear that combo flagship post-game show after the day off L Super Cup that was hosted by Samron and I Need No Name, make sure you check that out. It was really well done. And as always, you can check all of the great Bayern Munich news that we have on the site, BavarianFootballWorks.com. There's a lot of good commentaries popping out as well. So check those out. And uh, listen, we're going to be here for the season. We are going to be cranking out these podcasts, cranking out posts on the site. We've got all your news covered, all of your commentaries covered. And you guys have been awesome of late, really, at, at, at your comments and really sparking discussion. And we've had a lot of good, fiery debates in, in the comments. And, you know, Thomas Tuchel has been really uh, in the mix for all of them. So I uh, really like interacting, even when we don't agree. I think it's been a lot of good discussion. So I mean, a lot of it has opened my eyes up to some things I wasn't even thinking about. So I appreciate all of that. You can get me at the Barrel Blog on Twitter. You can get the site at Bavarian FB Works. You can get Tom at Tommy Adams 71 You can get I Need No Name at BFWINNN. Get all of our great podcasters and writers at BavarianFootballWorks.com. Like I said, we are cranking out 
posting podcasts like crazy these days. So uh, we appreciate all of the support and all of the comments. And uh, listen, this is going to be a fun season. This is the very start of it, really, uh, for us anyway. We're, we're going to kind of blow by the DFL Super Cup and what happened there. This is the start of things. And uh, let's have a great one. And uh, hey, catch me and the weekend warm up podcast dropping on Thursday. Until then, we will see you later.